He would be justified to, to live in depression, be, suicide, be, be, be on suicide watch. But that's not what he did. When he arrived in prison, he began to, to clean the place up, manage the prisoners until we, the prison was running so smoothly that the prison warder allowed Joseph to run the entire prison house. When have you ever seen a, a, a prisoner running the entire correctional facility? Welcome to the Dr. Francis Miles podcast. Dr. Miles will share prophetic words, insights, and revelation about some of the toughest topics in the Bible. Dr. Miles also has a healing ministry, birthed out of his own powerful encounter with Jesus Christ, and has seen many set free through his crusades and meetings. Tune into today's episode and be blessed by a fresh take from this anointed minister of the gospel. And so uh, today in part two of the series on restoration, I'm going to be talking about how God restores his people. Say it again. I'm going to be talking to you about how God restores his people. God is the God of process and methodology. So that that, that which he does can be duplicated in a different generation. And that's why God creates processes, methodologies, by which he does certain things. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Joel. The book of Joel chapter 2 and beginning at verse 23. And the Bible says, Be glad, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully. And he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain and the latter rain in the first man. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall flow with new wine and oil. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Glory to God. You see, in the series, I want to make clear to you that we serve a God of restoration. We, in the last previous uh, service, from last Sunday, we, uh, when, we're dealing, when we began the series, I talked to you about the law of restoration that, the, that is found in the book of Proverbs chapter 6 that talks about when the thief is found, he must be made to pay back or restore whatever he stole at least sevenfold. But today what we, I want to focus on on this service is just how God restores his people. But bear in mind and be convinced of this thing, my friends, that God loves to restore his people. And though in this passage from the book of Joel, we find some of the processes, some of the things God does in order to restore his people. In order to restore his people. So there's a couple of things when I was studying that I saw in the passage that I want to bring out 
in uh, that gives us modalities God uses to restore his people. The first thing God does when he, when, he, when, he, when he wants to begin to restore a believer, a child of God, or restore you in any area where you have lost something that God gave you, whether it's time, whether it's finances, whether it's relationships, when God begins to execute the work of restoration, the first thing he does is restores your joy. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God. Now, this is very important. That when God is restoring any, anything in life, the first thing he has to restore is your joy. Because, you see, if, you don't, if God does not restore your joy in the Lord, then guess what's going to happen? It's going to be very difficult for you to have the strength to begin to uh, 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 see the whole process of restoration work out in your favor. You see, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. The meaning, therefore, that if you and I walk around without joy, have you ever gone around without joy? I'm telling you, everything is, is everything, even the simple task become odious at best. There's something about joy that allows you to go through a storm and feel like everything is going to be okay because joy conditions your attitude. It conditions your attitude while God is putting back together that which the devil thought will never ever return back to you. Hello, Joseph. When you are in the dungeon, trust me, the last thing you are wanting, the last thing you are trying to concern yourself about is, is, is being joyful. And yet, they, and yet Joseph was a joyful man. He had to be. Otherwise, you know, I mean, the, the prison warder allowed him to run the whole prison house, even though he was in prison because he had been falsely accused. Be glad, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. So one of the first things I believe God is going to restore in your life in 2021 is the joy of the Lord. Because if Satan cannot have your joy, he can definitely have your goods. If he's got your goods, he cannot keep them if he cannot steal your joy. So God is going to restore your joy. He's going to restore your joy. There is something about joy that attracts God's favor. There is something about walking in the joy of the Lord when literally God knows in the natural my child ought to be depressed, feeling sorry for themselves. And yet in spite of it all, they are walking in the spirit of joy. That's why joy is the number one thing God must restore because connected to joy is the supernatural strength you need to be able to stand on the word of God and demand the return of what that which the enemy has stolen from you. And then God begins to cause the rain to come. So when God is restoring somebody, one of the things it does to affect the restoration, the Bible says he'll cause rain to come down for you. In other words, God will cause things to happen for you. So if you're in business, God will cause you to find yourself in, in, in front of the people that have the resources or the connections you need for God to return the resources or the things the enemy has stolen from you. Rain here is a metaphor that God, whatever God will cause, God will become a rainmaker. When God is, is determined to restore somebody, God will become a rainmaker. That means you cause stuff to happen. You cause stuff to happen. 
I remember when I was going through a difficult time in South Africa, you know, and I thought, my God, my, I mean, I mean, I was, I was depressed, feeling sorry for myself, but I pressed through, you know, and, and the joy of the Lord began to come back to my life. And I, and, and, and even though things around me did not look like I was making, I was making any progress. I remained faithful to the joy of the Lord that I, that was being animated in my spirit. And, and, and I'll never forget one day I got a phone call uh, from a man I didn't even know. And he calls me out of the blue and he says, I, I heard about you from this pastor you preached for a couple of months ago. And, 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 and I hear that you are you're an evangelist who functioned in signs and wonders. Can you please come to our church because we are doing a crusade in the tent? Could you come? I had no idea that this one phone call would completely begin to change my life, the projectile of my life, that that one phone call will eventually precipitate my coming to America. I'm, God is an amazing God. But I'm telling you that phone call changed everything. I went to the streets and I'm preaching and, I, and God moved mightily. And what I'm in, the, I'm around this around. Uh, uh, this pastor and his wife and I'm preaching and I'm being there with them, loving them. They had no idea that God had been, that, 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 that an open door to come and minister in America had opened up for me. But I didn't even have the money to go. I didn't even have the money for the air ticket to get to the appointment that I had with Destiny, you know, in Chicago at the time. And uh, what I'm preaching and just giving my, giving God my best to the people that were in front of me, uh, God began to talk to this man and his wife. And, uh, and, and, and as they began to dig deeper into me, asking me questions, so what is your next plan? And I'd be, you know, somehow I felt led of the Lord just to tell them about this, uh, uh, um, hang, uh, this uh, uh, engagement that I had in the USA that was now hanging in the, uh, was hanging in the limbo. I did not know how things were going to go. And they said, okay, they didn't give me any sign that God was talking to them about financing something for me. And when they began to find out what it was, you know, they secretly plotted righteously to surprise me. And when at the end of that one week, I was expecting to, you know, get a nice honorarium, you know, you know, that was, you know, was not really much at that time. But I was blown away when this church that was not even a big church came to me and said to me, told me, hey, listen, the Lord has been speaking to us what you have been preaching, God told us. We need to buy your ticket to go to Chicago. I was blown away. Tears coming down. Are you, are you sure? Yes, God is telling us to do this for you. My point is this. God will cause rain to come down for you. You cause it. Right now, you may be racking your brain and say, Lord, I've lost my house, I've lost my job, or I've lost my car, or I've lost my marriage. Or what, 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 what are you going to do? You don't even know where maybe to, to place your next feet. But the reality is this. When you cry to God, restore, restore, restore. Because he's a God who yearns for his people to cry to restore. Because nobody can restore you like Jesus. Nobody can restore you like the Holy Ghost. God can cause things to happen. He caused the phone call to happen that would lead to this man that I did not know previously 
to be the one to buy my ticket for me to go to an engagement that was waiting for me in America. When I, when I showed up for that engagement in America, the rest is history. God has been using me mightily and we've been able to build quite a successful ministry that is now touching millions of people around the world because God caused the rain to come down. The rain of his favor, the rain of his mercy, the rain of his deliverance to begin to come upon me. So can I submit to you that God is going to cause the rain to come down upon you? God's going to cause the rain of his supernatural favor to come down upon you. You better believe it. Hallelujah. This is amazing stuff. Another thing God does when he's restoring people, he begins to do things in such a way that things that will take years to do happen in short time. In other words, God begins to collapse your time. He begins to collapse your time because one of the most important currencies on earth is not the U.S. dollar. It's not the British pound. It is the, it is time. Time is a currency of life. You, you literally, even what you call your job is you trading your time. Yes, you got an education, but an education without being employed in time is not going to benefit you much. But now all of a sudden you are in time, in time, you are going to a place of work and you are leveraging, yes, your education, but it's time that's the most valuable thing. And your education just helps the company determine the value of that time. So that for the educated person with a degree, the company might say, well, you're one hour, we'll pay $30 an hour. And yet somebody who's never been to college, they don't have any, any, any education of any kind. When the company hires them, they'll say, well, we're going to hire you for an hour, an hour or two. But for you, we can only pay $10 for your time. That's it. You know, so it really our education just helps companies or those people with resources to determine what the value of our time to them is going to be. But the reality is we get paid for, for leveraging our time. So time is the most important currency on earth. The proverb that time is money is definitely true because time can be leveraged for, resource, for financial resources. So God says, I will restore you to you. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten. Locusts in the Bible are always a prophetic representation of demons or evil spirits. They are the prophetic representation of scavenger spirits that just come and just eat everything. Take everything. So God says, I'll restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. When I first saw the scripture, I said, God, how, how? Please explain to me. And God began to give me a revelation. Francis, the way I restore time, you can go back. And in other words, if you are 50, you, God is not, restoration of time, of, of the years the locusts have eaten is not you becoming younger in age. So if you lost something 10 years ago, for instance, and now you are 50 or you're 40 or you're 30, you know, but you lost, 10 years of your life where something you built or did, I mean, just everything just got lost. What God is saying is this, that even though you are 40 or 50 now, when I begin to move in the spirit of restoration, 
I'm going to pack in one year 10 years of victory. I'm going to pack in one year 10 years of success. I'm going to just pack it down, just pack it down. In one year, you're going to be able to accomplish uh, what you should have done in the past uh, 10 years that you've lost. So what God has done, he has restored the years the locusts or the spirits stole from you through drama, through other people, through maybe generational curses that are in your bloodline that you have been fighting, through maybe evil altars in your bloodline that were working against you and caused you to take five steps forward, then ten steps backwards, and you lost a lot of time. And some of you lost your businesses. Some of you lost marriages. Marriages, you know, sometimes in marriage doesn't mean that you go back to that, 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 that you go back to the wife you had before. That might be nice. And sometimes uh, 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 an amazing situation when God actually restores uh, divorcees back to themselves, you know, to the original spouses. But sometimes that's not how God restores a, a, a somebody who lost a marriage. He gives you a better one. He gives you a better one. Where together you do so much more than you could have ever done before. You know, God is restoring you. you that is restoring the years the locusts have, have eaten. Think about a, a man or a woman who has been trying to get a baby. They, they, I mean, they have not been able to do it. I mean, seven years, they're trying, no, no baby. You know, and all of a sudden, in the eighth year, God gives them triplets. Hello, triplets. Now, he gave them after eight years of trying to get pregnant, but they got triplets. So what does God done? He has restored in one pregnancy, the eight years of trying to get pregnant. Because now, imagine if they were getting pregnant in that, probably they would have three children in that eight years. So God just does it in one year, gives a woman a triplet. Somebody's out there listening to me. God's about to give you triplets. God's about to give you twins. God is going to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. This is how God restores his people because he's a God of restoration. I don't know who I'm talking to you today, today, but I hope I'm speaking to somebody, especially to our online congregation at Francis Mouse Church Online. And for those maybe that are watching us for the very first time, because maybe you just stumbled upon this uh, 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 channel on YouTube and uh, uh, you don't know about Francis Mouse Church Online, I'm encouraging you to go FrancisMouseChurchOnline.com and sign up. We have a dynamic membership church website we have built for our online members around the world. You can connect with people around the world. I'm telling you, you want to be part of that site and enjoy all the other content that will be put on the site that you'll never be able to see on YouTube publicly in this fashion. But we are talking about how God restores his people on this Sunday because I want your faith to rise because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Somebody right now, I mean, you lost a business. You lost a, a clothing business. That had to do with clothes. You lost a business in that. And God is saying, listen, I'm going to do it. I'm going to restore that which the enemy has, has, oh, has, has taken away from you. Glory to God. Somebody watching me right now, right now, right now. God is going to restore 
a marriage that was broken, you know. You actually went your separate ways, but none of you have been married again, you know. But God is going to do something supernatural in that sense. This is going to be where God restores you back to the same person, but they are different in this season than the way when the marriage first broke apart. See, I, 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 think, I think this God of the Bible, this God that tells us that sometimes we may make mistakes in life, we may, and, and sometimes not even mistakes, we may sin in life. But he said, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then he begins the work of restoring us once again. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that's how God restores his people. He, he, in terms of restoring back your time. He says he does a lot. And then he packages it in a window of time. That's, that naturally it is actually impossible. Actually impossible for you to have to be to have to have been to be able to accomplish the level of success or breakthrough that you just received in that slot of time. Hallelujah, praise God. In verse 24 of Joel chapter 2, as we kept looking at how God restores his people. He says, the threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. With new wine and oil. Hallelujah. New wine and oil. Oil represents the anointing. Wine represents a kingdom mindset. Wine represents a mindset. So one of the things God does when he's restoring people, it changes your mindset. Because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. As a man thinketh, so is he. So, so if the mindset that caused you to lose your business is not confronted by revelation and refashioned to become a different mindset that can contain the future, contain the restoration, contain the breakthrough, then even the restoration that God brings back into your life will just be stolen again. Because if the original mindset had opened the door to the devil to devour your finances or your relationships or your business, is still there. But by the speed of revelation, that can change. So I believe as you are listening to me right now, God is even now beginning to change your mindset. So if you had a victim mindset, God is going to give you the mindset of a victor. There are two different mindsets. And people, their, the lives of people always move in the direction of their most dominant thoughts. And if your most dominant thoughts don't spell victory, if your most dominant thoughts don't say God can do anything, if your most dominant thoughts do not place, put you in a place where things in your life can turn around, then I can guarantee you this. That victim mentality, that poverty mentality, that is satisfied with just a little. That poverty mentality is going to bury you. It's going to be, the, it's going to be your gravesite. So when God is restoring somebody, one of the things he goes after is he sends the spirit of revelation. Maybe that's why you are listening to Francis Mouse today. Because God is, about, is sending through my ministry into your life a spirit of revelation. That by, by that light is breaking forth in your mind. You begin to see it differently. You begin to believe differently. You begin to see God in a different light. All completely. Because you are coming into a different mindset. 
And the most powerful mindset you can bring yourself into that is completely conducive to the spirit of restoration is a kingdom mindset. Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness in Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. So the most powerful mindset that attracts resources, attracts restoration, is the kingdom mindset. Where you begin to say, God, the reason you're going to restore me, number one, is because I'm in the kingdom. Okay, and I come out of a kingdom that cannot be shaken or stolen from. Lord, the reason why you're going to restore me is because as you restore me, I'm going to use those resources. Or I'm going to use this, this new marriage to glorify you and reach the lost and touch the world. You know, I'm about the kingdom. I'm going to use whatever comes out of this restoration to glorify the King of kings and Lord of lords. See, this is the nature of the spirit of restoration. And it's my prayer to God that you be restored. It's my prayer to God that you'd receive the anointing for restoration. That you receive the anointing for restoration. Hallelujah. The second thing God does is listen a new anointing. An anointing. Because the Bible says it is, it, it is the anointing that breaks, the, that destroys the yoke and removes burdens. It is the anointing that removes burdens. Grow it again. The anointing. So, I want you to understand that there's a new anointing God is releasing on your life even right now. As you are listening to me, there's a new anointing. There are angels who are, are adorning you with a new anointing. If for 2021, because the anointing of 2020 cannot, cannot manage what is ahead of you in 2021. There is an anointing that is being released right now in Jesus' mighty name. There's an anointing that's being released over your life right now in Jesus' mighty name. Go ahead again. See, the anointing is powerful. The anointing makes it difficult for demons to manage or handle you. You see, in the Eastern world, in the Eastern world, uh, when shepherds were, 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 uh, were shepherding the, the sheep, uh, what they would do, they would take oil and rub the sheep with oil. Why would, with olive oil, why would they do that? It's because, you see, when they did that, it made it impossible for the flies to be able to land on, to, to land on, the, on the sheep. Okay? So the oil would make it difficult for the, for the flies to land on that sheep. So the oil became a protection against the flies for the sheep. So I'm telling you that the, these flies, flies are symbolic of demons. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against this embodied spirit, against flesh without bodies. We are against principalities and, and powers in the heavenly realms. But friends, when there's, a, when there's an anointing, there's an anointing for restoration, where everything you touch moves towards increase. There's an anointing for that. And I believe God is about to release upon your life an anointing for restoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the book of Genesis, you know, God gives us more ways by which he restores people. Please remember in the book of Genesis that, 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 that Joseph find himself, he's found himself in a dungeon He's saving a prison sentence that he did not deserve. 
because he refused to sleep with his master's wife. And she lied on him and he ends up the one in prison. He would be justified to, to live in depression, be, suicide, be, be, be on suicide watch. But that's not what he did. When he arrived in prison, he began to, to clean the place up, manage the prisoners until he, the prison was running so smoothly that the prison warder allowed Joseph to run the entire prison house. When have you ever seen a, a, a prisoner running the entire correctional facility? But that's the kind of man Joseph was. But God's desire was to restore, to restore him. So while he's in prison, uh, God begins to orchestrate human events that did not look connected, but were connected. That's what God does when he's about to restore you. He, he, he manipulates or he begins to massage human events that you find yourself sandwiched in. And those human events are actually going to catapult you into a place of restoration. So uh, the human events in this story is Pharaoh has a problem with two of his officers, the butler and the baker. And he puts both of them at the same time in prison. And while they're in prison, they meet Joseph. And while they're in prison, God orchestrates prophetic dreams for both of them that nobody could interpret except this Hebrew boy called Joseph. So Joseph now it works out because he's not caught up in himself. He's not feeling sorry for himself. He's consciously aware of what's going on. He's living in the joy of the Lord in prison. He looks at the, the butler and the baker and he sees both of them are depressed. And he says, why is your countenance fallen? What is going on? And they tell him, well, we had a dream that we can, uh, the butler was the first one to go. He said, we, we, I had a dream. And he could not interpret. I don't know what it means. He tells Joseph. He did not know Joseph had a gift for interpreting of dreams. You see, when God is restoring you, he'll create situations where your gift will be needed. I don't care if it's in accounting, it's in software, whatever your gift is, is in prophecy, whatever the gift is, whether it's just being hospitable, God will create human events where your hospitality will cause somebody to say, you know what, never met somebody so hospitable like you, you know, how much do you need? What? I, yeah, I want to write a check. I remember being, in, uh, being in, in the Republic of Zambia just re recently, there was a woman, a, 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 there's a young woman there, she's just... I mean, she's just so honorable. She will serve until, I mean, the, she's the last one to leave. I, I just was moved by her. Then I found out that she had this piece of property she was trying to buy. She didn't have enough money to buy the property. I bought it. I bought it. And then next time I met her again, she impressed me with her service. I found out she is looking, she's trying to, uh, 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 she didn't have the money to put the bricks around this thing. I paid for the bricks. Now she's building that house. Why? Her gift was hospitality and service, and she did it to another level. See, whenever God is about to restore you, he'll make your gift become so necessary. He'll create an environment where what you do becomes very valuable to the power players at that moment of time. So in this case, the gift of interpreting dreams comes to bear. And so Joseph goes on and he interprets the dream of the butler. He was so spot on. The baker said, oh my God, I, I had a dream too. And then he gives him the dream and he tells him, in your dream, and sorry, you're going to be executed. And in three days, and this is going to happen in three days. Sure enough, in three days, the, the, uh, the baker was executed by Pharaoh. The butler was restored to his position. And after two years, Pharaoh himself has a dream. Ha! God is orchestrating so many human events to restore one guy 
called Joseph and bless him, bless, bless the socks out of him, bless him tremendously. When people have written him off, that's the kind of God we serve, the God who restores his people, the God of restoration. But I'm telling you how he does it. So you can begin to believe God when you begin to see these things happen in your life. Cry, God is restoring me. Even before everything has come into your life, you begin to shout by faith because you can see this pattern is how God does it when he's restoring somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So after two years, Pharaoh had a dream. Genesis 41, we're going to read it together. It says, and then it came to pass. At the end of two full years, that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat. They fed in the, in the middle. Uh, then behold, seven other cows came up after them out of the river, ugly and gaunty, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. You know, he slept and had another dream similar to the same one. Then he woke again and we pick it up in verse 8. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. And he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my thoughts this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put, us, put me in custody, in the house of the captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night, and he and I, each of us, dreamed according to the interpretation of, the, of his own dream. Verse 12, Now there was a young man, a Hebrew man, with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us, to each, him, to, to each man interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, just as he had interpreted for us, so it happened. He restored me, to my office, and he, and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called for Joseph. Friends, that's began, you know the rest of the story. Joseph gets restored. He becomes prime minister, the most powerful man in Egypt, the most one of the richest people in Egypt, all that good stuff. The God of restoration. Friends, when God is fixing to restore you, he sends a butler. He sends the butler into your life. A butler is just an individual who's connected to a pharaoh who can bless your socks off. I don't know who I'm talking to, but there's a butler in your life right now. And some of you are about to meet your butler. Because the time of your restoration has come. And this is the methodology God uses to restore his people. Glory to God. Glory to God, Mosai. Hallelujah. Now listen. The biggest restoration that can happen to any human being is to be born again. The restoration of the soul is the most important restoration on earth. Jesus died so you do not have to die. Jesus suffered so you don't have to suffer in the afterlife. So today you may be listening to me and you say, Man of God, this is amazing, but I don't know Jesus. If you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, I want you to simply bow your heads right now and pray this prayer with me and watch God change your life. Simply say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for me on the cross. I realize that I'm a sinner, but you have saved me by grace. I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sin, change me, and make me a child of God. 
Thank you, Lord, for filling me with the Holy Spirit who's going to guide me on how to live a, a life as a believer in Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer, please write to us. We want to know about it. Email us. I just got saved at francismouse.com. We'd love to have you tell us your testimony of how you got saved through watching one of our broadcasts on this channel or around the world. Praise God. Now, everybody out there who's been listening to me and said, Dr. Mouse, can you pray for my restoration? There are people who have lost, who have lost businesses, spouses, finances. I want you right now to pray this prayer after me. As we believe God for your restoration. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are the God of all restoration. Not only are you the God of restoration, but you are also the righteous judge. And what has happened to me is an injustice against your will and against your kingdom. So, Father, I'm asking, Father, that now that the thief has been found and the thief is Satan, I'm asking that there will be a restoration in my life of all that I've lost. Anything I've said or done, or the iniquity, anything that I've said or done, or even the iniquities, iniquities of my forefathers that may have given the devil legal rights to plunder my resources, I'm asking God that those sins be covered as I repent for them on behalf of myself and my family. May every legal right Satan has against me be removed as I cry, restore, restore, restore in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, I'm asking you to send a fresh rain of revelation, increase, and prosperity in my life. Restore to me the years that the locusts have eaten in Jesus' name. Lord, I'm asking that you would begin to orchestrate human events around me, that you put me in the center of your plan of restoration. Lord, I'm asking for you to, be make, for you to make me sensitive to the butler that you are sending in my life, the butler that is connected to the Pharaoh that, that, that you have ordained to be part of my restoration and my, my lifting. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I receive this verdict of breakthrough from the, from, from the Lord right now. I believe that the spirit of restoration has been released over my life in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I know God has blessed you. But you know, we never come before the King of Kings empty-handed. So I want to give you an opportunity to give to the Lord your tithes and offerings. For those of our, for our members, our online members, thank you for your, tithes, for your tithes of honor. We pray and we call people when they give tithes. We actually call and we pray with them over the phone. People just, just really get a kick out of it when they hear my voice or the voice of one of our leaders on the other side of the phone to pray over their tithes or their offerings. But we, this is a time for you to give to the Lord. Uh, right now, on the, oh, you, you can see on the screen the different ways you can worship the Lord in giving with us right here at Francis Mount Church Online. There are different ways of giving, and I'm sure you will use one of those pathways of giving so your seed can be registered as part of this service. Because I believe that as you sow into this, kind of, this anointing and this message, guess what you're going to get? This, you're going to get an axe that are rated 
uh, a release of the spirit of restoration because the message you saw into or the anointing you saw into is the one that gets to come back to your house. So again, thank you so much for sowing into this ministry that is touching orphans, widows, building schools, and then reaching the lost with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are part of all of that and also all the stuff that we are doing. So I'm excited about you giving into this ministry. Uh, and remember, if, if you live in America, uh, all you're giving into this ministry is tax deductible. And we, do a, we, we have an amazing accountants and we do a great job of making sure the books are in place so that when that end of the year arrives, you get your um, tax, tax deduction letters in the mail rushed to you. We love you so much. Thank you for giving into this ministry. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can stay up to date with what we're doing at francismiles.com or on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. Thanks for spending your time with us. May God bless you today and always.